Hi everyone, welcome to India Wear Cricket Broadcast Part 2 and uh, what a fantastic second test that we have just had. Um, it's my pleasure to introduce again uh, Sankit, uh, who was actually there at uh, the Narendra Modi Stadium in Ahmedabad. Um, so welcome Sankit, good to have you back. And uh, Tell us how your whole experience went. Thanks, thanks, Munz. Uh, great to be back on the show. And uh, hi to everyone, to all our listeners. Uh, so just starting off quickly, uh, as, as Munz said, uh, an amazing uh, uh, like theater uh, for the game of cricket, uh, for sure. Uh, my overall experience, uh, to be honest, was uh, quite average, I would say, in terms of uh, I expected a lot of... Uh, uh, amenities because cricket grounds in India are known for not uh, uh, being that kind to the average uh, spectator in terms of the facilities, in terms of like basic uh, hygiene aspects and all that. While the stadium is obviously like uh, the world's largest stadium and when you enter it, you, you realize that uh, you've entered a coliseum of sorts. Uh, but still I felt uh, that the average uh, amenities were lacking. Uh, especially in today's day and age where uh, people are so careful about the entire COVID and the pandemic and the second wave uh, rumors kind of uh, setting in in different states and all that. Um, the facilities were absolutely absent when it came to the COVID thing. Uh, so that was really sad. Uh, and there were a few other uh, loopholes that I saw, uh, like people are allowed to uh, go and anywhere so people who had like you know the heavier price tickets found it unfair then there was the question of like the upper tiers were like almost four stories up and you have to climb those stairs to reach over there so that was also something which was quite uh, uh, evident that they had not thought about it uh, and overall I felt like you know uh, as, a, as a cricket fan uh, you like to be engaged in the game of sport more so uh, Vankade, for example, the stadium in Mumbai where I reside, they had taken special care when they redid, uh, re redid the stadium way back in 2010-11 for the Cricket World Cup. That time they had a focus on like, you sit on any part of the stadium, you'll be equally involved in the in the game, which unfortunately did not get the same sense uh, in uh, Ahmedabad. And uh, and yeah, like uh, being born and brought up in Bombay, the Vankade culture of uh, the stadium is uh, far better as compared to Ahmedabad. That's that. That's what I can comfortably say. In terms of amenities, both are equally horrible. Uh, but uh, as a as a as a pure cricket gameplay experience, I feel Vankhade uh, is way way ahead of uh, Ahmedabad. So that's my uh, honest, not so popular feedback about the stadium. So so yeah. That's uh, surprising. I mean, uh, you think that, uh, you know, 10 years on from, or a decade on from uh, Wankade that, uh, you know, they would have factored in a lot of these um, amenities into uh, the Ahmedabad Stadium. Um, you know, hard to believe that it hasn't been done. Maybe it's still a work in progress. Um, but uh, with that being said, let's uh, get on to the game. And uh, I guess the first thing on everybody's mind is uh, really the pitch. So let's just start off uh, where the meat is. Uh, and uh, why don't you start off with uh, what you're thinking about the pitch, and then um, yeah, and then maybe I can fill in a little bit. So 
Yep, uh, what yep, do you think yep. about that pitch? Yep, yep. So, uh, like, firstly, this is going to be a, a like you know a never-ending kind of uh, uh, discussion amongst the two sides, the two separate people who feel that the pitch. Uh, sorry. So, primarily, the two sides being uh, the side which feel that the pitch was uh, uh, bad, and the other side being the that the pitch was like uh, something that the team should be used to whenever they come to India. From my personal standpoint, uh, a cricket test match should not end in two days period. Whether it is like in England or New Zealand or India, whatever it is, here we are on the uh, cusp of a day and night test match in India between two premier sides. Uh, with the intention uh, a few years ago, actually, that test cricket is dying and let's revive test cricket. Two day test matches is definitely not the way to revive test cricket because now you will see. uh people will stop buying tickets from day 3 onwards for the fourth test which is at the same location again so it's nothing to do with the caliber of players and all that it's just for the average viewer of the game of cricket who we are trying to get back into the entire fold of watching cricket in its best form which is test cricket you cannot have two day test matches and then say that the team did not have the skill to play these are international level players there is nobody better than them in in their country so it is very wrong to say that these people don't have the skills to play whatever i know india go abroad in new zealand and matches get wrapped in uh, two and a half days and that time we do not crib about pitches and all we rather blame our batsmen and all but that's a separate argument altogether in my opinion a pitch cannot be prepared where joe root as he rightly said comes in rolls over his arm for five overs and gets five wickets and comes back it's it's just insane that talented cricketers like ben stokes and joe root were just like buying out time because they also know that they'll be uh, getting out uh, like sooner than later so it was just a hopeless situation as a as a fan to watch it uh, unfolding and yeah like if you go back to new zealand and england's examples then the home team advantage is something that the home team can capitalize on here we have the home team last uh, 7 wickets or 8 wickets whatever it was falling for 30 odd runs again so where is the home advantage and what is the skill level of the home team also in this case should we question that also and i i know that uh, virat and rohit came ahead and said that there were no demons in the pitch but i would have loved to hear them sing the same song if india had by chance lost the test match and india could have lost the test match if england hadn't goofed up on their initial team selection of having only one spinner if moin ali had stayed back and he had played i feel the result would have been a lot different and it would not have been so much in india's favor and then there would have been uh, big swords out in the media as well as overall uh, to to like you know crucify the pitch curator and uh, like uh, uh, take the anger to the next level but since india won india is more or less not sure of a wtc uh, that is a world test championship slot uh, that is why people are uh, um, like okay with it but from my standpoint uh, the pitch was clearly clearly not up to the standards and was highly poor and bad i know i can appreciate that sanket um you know the 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 thing that i saw is was that uh, looking at the pitch and looking at you know usually if we're going to say it's a bad pitch or a dangerous pitch uh, you know right off the bat you would see, you know you would see the there'd be uneven bounce uh, it would be dangerous for the batsman if uh, the pace bowlers were doing something um and uh, you know both aksar and ashwin i mean you know to my view the uh, 
the balls weren't really turning square. You know, if anything, uh, it seemed again and again and again, Aksar seemed to be getting his wickets with the straight ball, you know, and it seemed like everybody was deceived uh, about, um, you know, the ball that doesn't turn that went on to uh, knock the wickets out. Um, and, uh, you know, Rohit, again, you know, I think uh, showed the way. I mean, uh, uh, you know, in the first innings, I think he was a little bit unlucky there. And then in the second innings, both him and Gil just blazed, uh, you know, coming back uh, again. So I, I, I guess when, you know, when, when I'm thinking of a bad pitch, you know, I think of uh, potholes, basically, where you hit that crack and then it moves, uh, you know, sideways. Uh, but I just didn't see that. And what I saw is, you know, just looking, uh, you know, through the match uh, and some of the highlights again, uh, is that, uh, you know, Aksar uh, got all of his deliveries uh, pretty much with the straighter ball. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's a fraction of uh, the pink ball also. I don't think the pink ball does spin too much. Uh, that is why you'll primarily see uh, pace ballers picking up wicket because it does uh, a bit of a movement uh, off the seam and because of the way the ball is. So that's why I felt uh, there was not much turn. And as you as you rightly said, like you cannot call the pitch as dangerous or as not threatening to someone's life as some of the other pitches uh, overseas are. So again, uh, uh, like I feel it was like a fraction of uh, the pitch combination and uh, the uh, the pink ball, uh, which did the magic for Aksar and and even uh, Jack Leach and Joe Root uh, played merry on the track, right? So and and I'll not count the fourth inning because you come in a different mindset. You just need forty odd runs to win. Uh, there is nothing to lose, and uh, Joe Root obviously is not your first choice spinner, anyways, and he opened the bowling. So Rohit went after him. So I'll not. Uh, Put too much thought into it, uh, so, but but yeah, like as you said, you can't categorize the pitch as dangerous, or you can't categorize the pitch as uh, having potholes or cracks. Neither can you point finger at pitches in New Zealand, which are like so beautifully done, but the matches don't last more than two days. My only problem is that none of these pitches, whether it is dangerous cracks or like the one in uh, Narendra Modi Stadium or the one in New Zealand do not promote test cricket as the way it should be. It is, it is just sad. You have like test cricket pitches in like Australia where you saw one of the most, perhaps the best India-Australia series ever after 2001, of course, uh, which went on to the last session or last hour or the last uh, 15 minutes of the last day. That's, that's, that's what will get people back uh, in watching and uh, like being close with uh, test cricket. That's my only point. No, absolutely. I think point well taken. And this is a, a topic I think that, uh, especially when it comes to the pitch, I don't think we'll get uh, any firm answers. I think we'll... Yeah, uh, correct, correct, correct. Because, be, because, yeah, because as I said, like it, it also depends on who won that day, who did yeah. day, who scored, who did not score. So there are a lot of combinations that into coming to a discussion, like whoever is saying that the pitch is, pitch was good, but it was a lack of skill. I respect that also. But again, like you cannot have both sides uh, of the same coin. You cannot say that I'll end the game in one day and then also say that test cricket is exciting. It doesn't work that way. Absolutely. What do you think about um, 
you know, people coming in and making comments, you know, whether they be commentators or ex-cricketers, um, you know, and maybe taking the sheen off accomplishments like Ashwin or even Aksar saying, um, uh, you know, if pitches like this uh, exist in India, then maybe previous players could have taken 800 to 1,000 wickets uh, before. I mean, um, it kind of takes the sheen off, though, for, uh, you know, for ongoing cricketers uh, like yeah, Ashwin, yeah, who yeah. reached uh, his, yeah. uh, you know, 400 uh, wicked milestone. Correct. What correct, do you think about correct, that? Correct. I mean, that's that's not either. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's unfair. That's unfair, right? That's that's unfair. Like Ashwin and Aksar did not prepare the pitch, or they did not have a say in what the pitch was prepared. It was something which was given to them, and they made merry on it. So to to like put other people's names and compare, it's like it's like saying if Sachin Tendulkar batted today, he would have scored like twenty thousand runs more. So that's unfair on cricketers of today's generation and. Uh, I, for one, never compare people across generations because of different conditions, different uh, way of working and everything, right? So so that's that's completely unfair and uncalled for, I think. What is uh, called for like, is someone like Michael Vaughan coming ahead and saying that the pitch was bad or abusing the pitch. That's fine because, as I said, like we, have all, we all have our opinions and uh, they are uh, like subjectively uh, accusing the pitch of being bad. That's fine. But you get in like comparisons uh, adds a different uh, uh, like argument altogether and it takes it in a different direction and that's unfair on the current lot uh, that's that's for sure absolutely uh, let's move on then i mean um, let's, you know, we don't really talk much about um, uh, you know the batting in a sense um, yeah uh, gil finally come in uh, you know he's had a couple of uh, uh, offs how should I say, off matches in India, um, you know, after that fantastic Australia series. You think he cemented his place at the top of the order there? Yeah, sorry. So, so yeah, so I think he's, he's, he's someone who should be groomed and should be like, uh, like, you know, pushed to be there and uh, take the team to the next level. Like, you know, when the decade uh, ended in uh, December 31st, 2020, there were so many blogs out there about what to expect and what was the next big thing in Indian cricket. I, for one, feel that uh, like sooner or later, Gil will be our all-format uh, captain uh, and an all-format player as well, uh, taking the reins from Virat Kohli of sorts, uh, maybe midway in this decade. And uh, yeah, so he should definitely be groomed in whatever capacity, whatever opportunities he's getting. And to be honest, uh, looking at the 2023 World Cup, somehow I think he will be our answer to the number four issue that we've been having for I don't know how many years now. Uh, so yeah, something that uh, any chance or any opportunity that he is associated with should be looked upon as uh, something something building on to something uh, legendary. Hey, that's, uh, that's great to hear. I mean, that he's really uh, come out... Um... Yeah, pretty much the Australia series debuted there. I mean, debuted there and, uh, you know, he's just had such a fantastic run. And uh, we can only hope that, uh, you know, he continues, um, you know, in the form that he's in. The other thing I'm just going to come back to again, because it's such a landmark, is uh, Ashwin's 400 wickets. Um and uh, some amazing stats there, you know, especially coming in and as the second fastest to 400 after Murali. And um, 
most wickets to any left-hander. Um, and, you know, so a lot of uh, great stats uh, by Ashwin. Um, how many more years do you think he's got left and do you think he can beat Kumble? Uh, like Kumble, I think, is around 200 wickets away. Uh, I think it's going to be tough uh, to beat Kumble. But what he can aim for definitely is uh, uh, at least trying to reach uh, 500 wickets, which is definitely on the cards if he continues for the next uh, uh, three to four years at least. Uh, and uh, and yeah, like I feel, uh, uh, as, I, as I said in the last podcast also, uh, a great cricketing mind, uh, a great uh captain that india will never have uh, but uh, like amazing to uh, testimony to his uh, the way he the way he operates the way he thinks the way he bowls he started his own youtube channel so we saw the other side of ashwin also otherwise he appeared to be uh, like a serious guy on the but uh, there is like uh, a complete different side to him and i feel uh, ashwin will perhaps end up as being India's greatest commentator once he takes up commentary after retirement. Uh, that's the level of uh, uh, skill and thinking that uh, he has in him, for sure. I know. He's really uh, set off, um, you know, uh, uh, fire with his subscription channel there on YouTube. He's got like over six, I believe, six lakh uh, uh, viewers right now. So, um, you know, great on him that he's got... Uh, you know, so, so well-rounded and sort of uh, and multi-talented. Um, let's move on to uh, the upcoming test. I mean, that's also going to be a, in um, Ahmedabad as well. Um, you know, hopefully they've rolled out, uh, you know, another, I mean, they will be using another pitch uh, next to it. But uh, what's the chances that we may not see or we will, we may or may not see uh, a similar result? Yeah, so what they are claiming right now is they're going to prepare a batting paradise in the next for the next match. Uh, obviously, it suits our needs for uh, the World Test Championship because even if it ends up in a draw, uh, you are qualifying. Now, uh, see, the first Test match wicket was similar where it was uh, doing absolutely nothing for anyone and uh, England piled on the runs and eventually India lost. I feel the toss will be very uh, important in the first in the, in the last Test now again considering that they are making it a, a batting beauty, apparently. We like to see that side of uh, uh, this new stadium also, and also see like how things uh, progress. Like if England win the toss, uh, pile on the runs again, uh, then uh, like we like to see the test progressing in that uh, uh, shape or form. But again, I'm saying making batting paradises where bowlers don't have a say in it is also not a good way of saying uh, test cricket is uh, uh, coming up again. So so I hope they find the right balance between bat and ball. And uh, like uh, hopefully the fourth test is far more exciting than the third. Yeah, um, you know, a little bit surprising as well. I mean, um, you know, if they're making it a batting paradise that, uh, you know, maybe the spearheads of uh, Ishant and Bumrah, who, you know, we didn't really see much of, to be honest. Um, you know, may have more of a chance uh, coming back in. Um, you know, I think Bumrah is coming back after an injury as well. And they're probably saving him a little bit, I feel, towards the, you know, for the T20s. Um, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so Bumrah has, has been released from the test squad uh, yesterday. 
uh, and uh, uh, he will be back uh, probably for uh, the T20s uh, or the ODIs. I don't know now what that uh, plan will be. Uh, but uh, but yeah, he's been rested for personal reasons. I suppose that's the right way to go. Anyways, uh, I feel whether it is a spinning track or whether it is a batting paradise, he may not have much of a thing to do over here. And with Umesh Yadav being back, and generally he does very well in India, uh, can give him a shot uh, at uh, the Englishman. Yeah, I definitely want to keep the pace bowlers in rotation and you know try to prevent injuries. That's always. Huge for somebody as uh, amazing as uh, as Bumrah. Um, are we expecting any big um, changes in the team? Uh, who do you think? I, I mean, Umesh coming in for Bumrah. Anybody else? Yeah, so Siraj or Umesh slot in for Bumrah. I don't see any other uh, change happening. Uh, at max, what they are also trying to see is if they can give Hardik Pandya a go, uh, which I think will be at the cost of uh, Washington Sundar. Uh, but that's in the extreme condition uh, that if required, they'll go for it. Otherwise, I see uh, Siraj or Umesh for Bumrah being the only change. Sounds like a, a formidable team either way. Um, of course, uh, Hardik can be destructive with the bat, um, uh, you know, should he need. So, I mean, with people like uh, Pant and then Hardik uh, coming in after him, I mean, that's... Uh, you know, that's a pretty solid uh, T20 test lineup, actually. So with that being said, I guess we can move on to uh, predictions, so to speak. And um, what are you thinking? How many days? <laughs> maybe maybe we should talk about how many yeah. days yeah, yeah. as a start. So I think uh, if, I, if I have to like uh, pinpoint, I think the match will end on uh, day four late or day five early, considering it's a batting duty. And I think India should win because England, uh, as we discussed last time also, are just not there mentally. I think there was a reason why they went with three pacers because they wanted to focus on their strength rather than the environments uh, that they were presented with. Uh, so I think uh, they missed a trick over there as well. So you being not there mentally has a lot of impact on the game uh, that you play. So I feel India will win the next match also comfortably. Uh, whether they bat first or bat second doesn't matter, but they, India will definitely pile on the runs uh, in the fourth test. And let's not forget, I mean, England are coming back, um, you know, from Sri Lanka, you know, uh, in the Indian side, we had a lot of people who had injuries who managed to get that period of rest before uh, coming back into the team uh, after that amazing Australian series. So maybe it's also a case of just uh, English fatigue uh, you know, wearing them down uh, towards the end here. But I, I think as well that, um, uh, you know, should be in India's game and uh, um, batting beauty or not, it still seems like it's going to be another, um, uh, the combination of you can't stop Aksar and Ashwin now uh, at the rate they're going. So expect them to be completely and fully involved in the next test as well. Yeah, so last words would be uh, like definitely hope that this is more of a challenging test for both sides rather than what was seen in the third test. And uh, hope that the fans at Ahmedabad get to see uh, a challenging game of uh, cricket. That's, that's the only uh, hope. And uh, being a personal fanboy of uh, Hardik Pandya, hope he gets a game uh, uh, across as well. Fantastic. 
Thank you guys for listening to the second podcast for India Aware podcast. Uh, don't forget to uh, check out India Aware website as well as subscribe to this podcast. And Sanket has got an amazing uh, website as well for his cartoons at Jackartoons. Uh, please uh, take a look at that as well. And uh, we'll be back with you after the third podcast. Uh, thank you all and keep safe and healthy. Thank you again. Bye.